Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Seeking Truth podcast. I am very excited about today's episode. Today's episode is a little bit different, and I know I haven't produced an episode in a little while, but I really wanted to make sure that I am producing quality episodes and not just putting episodes out there for the sake of it. So uh, that's why I wanted to wait until I had a more cohesive idea and a more cohesive topic to talk to you guys about. Because as we all know, sometimes it takes a little while for us to get a revelation or to put all the pieces together of something that God is trying to share with us or help explain to us. And yeah, I feel like that's what's happened in this instance. So I really wanted to just wait until God really fleshed out more of the idea of what he was trying to explain to me. So today's episode is going to be a little bit mind-boggling and I want you guys to have a bit of an open mind as you're listening into today's episode because we're going to be touching on some things that are going to seem a little bit crazy or a little bit outrageous, especially if you are someone who is not overly familiar with prophecies and prophetic giftings and the way that God works in mysterious and wonderful ways in all of our lives. But today we're going to be talking about the coronavirus and this time that we're in right now with everything going on in the world, with the riots and with all of the things that have been happening, not just within our country, Australia, but all across the world, in America, in Africa, there are things happening all over the world right now. And we are in a very unusual time. And we're going to unpack that a little bit more right now to explain a little bit more about how God knew this would happen and that he has made plans around this and he is working through this with us right now. So I want to take you guys back to March 2019. And March 2019 was a time when I felt God tell me that things would be shifting for me over the next 12 months and felt him clearly say to me that Um, I would be moving cities, that my time in Sydney where I was previously or where I was at this time, that that would be coming to a close, that he would elevate me to, you know, be a leader in churches and and really just sharing his vision of what he had for my life. And one of the prophecies that he gave me was that he told me that um, in the following year, so this was 2019 when he said this, that in the following year, that my life would be turned kind of upside down and that I was living a a very laid back kind of life and everything was going smoothly and that the next year things would be going more crazy and the cogs in the wheel would need to be turning a lot faster and things would need to be on the ground running the following year. So I want to to share with you the passage that he gave me. Now, I've talked about how God gives me passages in a previous episode, but basically I'll open the Bible to a certain area or he compels me to go look up a certain verse and I read what is there. And that's a message that he's trying to tell me. And so he took me to Isaiah 32 and I was reading in the message translation, which I really like um, because even though it's not the words themselves are not accurate, the message behind it. And that's the whole point of the the translation is that the message behind it is in common day language. And so you get hit with the meaning of the message a lot more. And 
some of the wording that he uses uh, to to tell me his story through this translation, you'll see. You'll see. When you compare it to what's happening right now, you'll understand. So I got this verse on the 15th of March, 2019. Okay. And I, I remember that because I wrote it in my Bible because you'll see that it says in a line here, says a year from now. And so I wrote down the, the date that he gave it to me so that I could compare when. So on the 15th of March, 2019, this is what God made me read. Take your stand, indolent woman. Listen to me, indulgent, indolent woman. Listen closely to what I have to say. In just a little over a year from now, you'll be shaken out of your lazy lives. The grape harvest will fall and there'll be no fruit on the trees. Oh, tremble, you indolent women. Get serious, you pampered dolls. Strip down and discard your silk fineries. Put on funeral clothes. Shed honest tears for the lost harvest, the failed vintage. Weep for my people's gardens and farms that grow nothing but thistles and thorn bushes. Cry tears, real tears. For the happy homes no longer happy, the merry city no longer merry, the royal palace is deserted, the bustling city is quiet as a morgue, the emptied parks and playgrounds taken over by wild animals delighted with their new home. Now, at the time that I received this message, I was more upset about the fact that he said, you'll be shaken out of your lazy lives. And I remember when he gave me this message that I was serving on four different uh, ministries. I was out every night doing church related activities. And I remember reading this and being like, I'm not lazy. Like, that's how dare you, you know, how dare you call me lazy for this lifestyle that I'm living. Um, and I remember getting quite offended with that um, saying like, I don't if this is what I'm doing now is considered lazy. Oh my gosh, there is so much work to be doing in this next season. Um, and so he kept taking me back to that verse a few times over and over the next um, 12 months and over the end of 2019 and giving it to me in relation to me knowing that I'd be moving out of Sydney and moving somewhere and him showing me that the place that I'd be moving to, you know, that would be a change and that would mark a change of no longer living in a lazy life where I'm growing my skills, but actually having to be on the ground and applying them and really, really bringing me to this idea of the harvest and of all these lost people that no one had cared for and were like now lying on the ground, you know, the failed vintage, weep for the gardens and, and farms that grow nothing but thistles and thorn bushes, you know the grape harvest will fall and there'll be no fruit on the trees, you know? And so it's like this idea that all these people were there ready to be harvested and no one was there to harvest them. And the, and the fruit is now on the ground and it's gone to waste. And just really putting that idea on my mind that that has happened. But then within the next 12 months, when this happens again, there's another chance. There's another chance to stop that from happening because at the moment this has happened and this is what will happen because no one's been there to get the lost harvest. And so I was playing with this verse for the last 12 months and it wasn't until this year with coronavirus that, you know, all those posts were going around on social media about how nature is taking back over the cities in Venice, the animals in the rivers are coming back and, you know, cities are dead quiet that as I read it over again and I read the last part of this, which I'll read for you again, I was so hit that, oh my gosh, 
God knew this was going to happen 12 months ago. And I have proof. I have proof that this was known to God in March last year in 2019. And just the fact that he would want to share that with someone is incredible. Like, let me read it for you again. So it says, cry tears, real tears for the happy homes, no longer happy. The merry city, no longer merry. The royal palace is deserted. The bustling city, quiet as a morgue. The emptied parks and playgrounds taken over by wild animals, delighted with their new home. Like the fact that he he wanted to share that with someone is amazing. And I have no absolute reason why he chose to share that with me. And I know I'm not the only one that he would have shared that with. I'm sure he would have shared this with a bunch of people. But it's it's mind-boggling to me that out of out of everyone, he would choose someone like me to share that with. And I'm not saying that from a pride place. I'm saying that more of a in all place. And I don't understand why you would choose someone like me to share this with. Um, but here it is. Like there's proof that he knew this was going to happen 12 months ago. And it's been funny because this has been playing on my mind now since March when I reread this. And it's funny because all the messages that I've kind of been hearing after that coming out of a whole bunch of different churches have been around this idea of the harvest and around the idea that this time and this situation where everyone is inside and everyone's on social media more and on the internet more and everyone's seeking community more and connection more, that this is the time of churches that are harvesting a lot more people and people are interested in coming to church a lot more than they were before and it's just kind of putting all the pieces of the puzzle together even more where it says um, the grape harvest will fail and there'll be no fruit on the trees you know get serious you pampered doll strip down and discard your silk fineries put on funeral clothes shed honest tears for the lost harvest the failed vintage and I feel like it's a wake-up call to all of us that we were living in such these perfect ideal lives before and that's all been shaken, you know, shaken out of our lazy lives where this is the time now where we are needing to do radical things and people are not only are we doing radical things to outreach to others, but other people are flocking in and swarming into us. And we need to be ready to pick up that harvest when it comes to pick up that harvest of all the people who are now interested in God and pursuing God and pursuing something higher than themselves and trying to piece together all these things that are happening in the world. And I feel like the churches as a whole became like this, you know, pampered dolls wearing, you know, thousand dollar shoes and the nicest clothes that they can. And preaching became very much about showing, show and tell. I have the fanciest, you know, multimedia team and flashing lights and colors and banners and the fanciest and funnest and, and cutesy, you know, um, stage shows almost it became a stage show to try and grab people's attention and it just really became away from the actual meaning of church which is Jesus and sharing the message of Jesus in a really stripped down honest way and I feel like that's exactly what God is saying is happening now we've gone back finally to a more honest stripped down version of church where we're not trying to be fancy and try and put on a show 
we're just trying to reach people, <laughs> you know, we're just trying to reach people for God and share the message of the gospel because we know that we're in such crazy times that people are seeking something and we're not having to put a big effort into outreaching anymore uh, because people are trying to find us and we're trying to be the most authentic versions of ourselves and, and produce and present the most authentic version of Jesus that we can in this time, which I feel is is amazing and it's amazing that the churches are taking that approach because that's exactly what we needed to happen in order to reach people. Um, and so I wanted to unpack today more about this idea of the harvest and, and what messages God says to us about harvest times and, and harvesting people and not saying harvesting as in like I think there might be a negative way that people could interpret that as if we're viewing them as you know, just numbers and we're trying to harvest them. And it's not that at all. Um, we view each and every person as very unique and very special and very important because we really don't want anyone to miss out on the love and life that God has for them. But everyone is blooming at once and you can get overwhelmed potentially or you could miss certain people. And so let's delve into scripture and, and see what God is talking about when he's talking about the harvest and how to do that well, because this is a really, really profound and important time for every church out there right now. So the first one that I think of is John 15, um, which we went through again, we went through a couple of podcast episodes ago. And again, it just links back to me that God's known that this has been in the works for a long time. He's been planting all those seeds um, in in myself and other people who have prophetic voices and, and um, other churches that this is a time of, of harvesting and seeding and reaping and um, all of those things that are related to the season that we're seeing now. So let's have a read again through John 15 verse 4. It says, No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so when I read these verses and I think about the context that we're in, I see that that fruit can be used as a way to discern who are the people that are abiding in Christ. And you may be surprised because some people may not appear to know God or love God or, you know, on the outside, they may not know God. But when you actually look at the fruit in their life, and I'm not talking about worldly successes like having lots of money or lots of cars or a big house. Um, I mean genuine fruit of the spirit, which it says in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. It says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forebodance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If someone has these factors about them, even though they don't know God, if they have these qualities, it shows you they're living a fruitful life because in their spirit, their spirit knows God. Even though they don't know God and their mind hasn't surrendered to God, their spirit is still connecting with God. And if you see that and you see their fruit in their life, these are the people that we should be cultivating and encouraging to continue growing in God. You know, um, like he says, we'll cut off the parts of your life that are not fruitful, but we'll prune, we'll grow, we'll flourish the parts that are fruitful to encourage even more growth. When we see someone whose life is fruitful and they've managed to become that even without God, these are the people that if they're introduced to God, they are going to be on fire. They are going to 
be deeply in love with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus like that because these people have the heart posture already. They just don't know what it is. They don't know what's caused them to be like this, you know, and I genuinely believe each and every one of us has Holy Spirit inside of us that tries to talk to us and some of us don't listen to that and some of us do and it's the people who do listen to that that end up finding Jesus and finding God and questioning there has to be something more than this to life and if we work with those people and show them the light it's just gonna all click and align for them you know and I'm not trying to say we should ignore the other people who aren't growing fruit but I'm I'm saying look at the time that we're in and the harvest we're in there are people out there that are seeking God that are seeking something that have these qualities in their life which show they have already somehow made a connection spiritually with God and these people need to just be introduced to God for their whole life to align and their whole life to change and the whole view of the world to change. And oh, it's just it's mind blowing that we are right on the cusp of, I believe, another revival that is going to spread across the whole world. Um, and it's it's simply because people are in a time where they're seeking community and connection, that they have more access to churches than they ever have before. And they're feeling safer to access churches because not only is everyone else around them questioning what's happening and what's going on, and they're trying to find some element of truth or, or higher meaning to everything. But because they're able to access churches online, they're not feeling that shame and and condemnation that they've perceived they will feel if they come to check out churches, either from friends and family who know them and why are you doing that, or from people within the church and they're worried about how they'll be perceived and, and received within the church, you know. Um, and so they're feeling more comfortable to even just explore church and find a place that that suits them and is speaking to them through God, you know, it's ugh, amazing. And so if we're in a time of harvest and we know that this is the time that God has, has prepared for us right now, what do we do? Well, in Matthew 9 verse 37, it says, Jesus talking to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So everyone listening today you have the capacity to get out there and harvest people and bring them closer to God and to share God with them. But we can't do it alone. It says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Think of the the millions of people across the world right now that could be tuning into preachers and churches. And there might be, you know, 150 people that go to a church. How can we possibly reap all of these potential fruit that is growing we can't so what we can do is pray that god will send out workers into his harvest field that he will use holy spirit to talk to people to come to church that he'll use holy spirit to guide and encourage people to step out and see those those people that need encouragement in that time and know that that's the conversation that's going to change their heart and we really need to be digging into God right now. How are you using the people around me? How are you using me in these situations to reach people and to do good for you? And how can I partner with you more to outreach and get the message of you across and out there? And it's going to be so, so important if we're going to see all the fruit that God has prepared and intended for us to harvest, if we're going to see even a fraction of that be actually harvested, we need to realize what am I doing that's supporting this, you know? And that can be a very 
tough thing to analyze in yourself. Am I actually doing anything to support this or am I expecting other people to do things? And that's a really tough conversation that you're going to have to have with yourself and with God about how can I do this better? How can I support more? You know, and how do I outreach to those people around me that I know? And I'm sure you're thinking of at least one person right now who, you know, has the fruit of the spirit without actually knowing God. How can you have a conversation with them? How can you bring this up? And and it's it's tricky and it's scary. It's scary because you don't want to be rejected or you don't want to offend them or feel like you're pushing your beliefs on them. And I know that we're in such a society that is like that at the moment that, you know, you're forcing your beliefs upon me and you feel like you can't openly talk about Jesus. But God is saying to us that we need to just strip that right off and get right back to basics and be as open talking about Jesus as the 12 disciples were because they went around and they will be they were willing to be put in jail for talking about Jesus. But while we have the power to, we need to be going out there and sharing the message of God with people around us. Even, you know, the ones that have open ears will hear. The one that have open eyes will see. And it's not up to us to open people's ears and eyes. It's up to us to to be the mouthpiece of God. And he will work. We need to pray and partner with him that he will work on the inside to open their eyes and to open their ears and open the eyes of their heart to receive that information. But I honestly, honestly feel that God has promised that this time is a harvest, which means that he has already started cultivating that within people. And they just need that message and that conversation to become full growing fruit. And they need that that conversation to be able to be plucked off that vine and be harvested, you know. Um, they're sitting there waiting for us. You know, what are we doing to help support them? What are we doing to help them come into the community of God? Are we staring at them hoping that they're going to take a step or are we going to actually go out there and help them come to God? Because that's a question that we need to be asking ourselves. John 16, I feel like God has another message for us in John 16, which really relates to the time we're seeing now. This is Jesus talking to his disciples before he goes back up to heaven. And he's talking to them about, you know, Holy Spirit will come and, you know, that they need to be going out and, and doing all this stuff by themselves. And I just find it really relevant, the words that he says, because I feel like it relates to what we're seeing right now. And he says, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. Okay. The time is coming and I, I feel that it is right now that people can get out there and kill Christians and kill our, our speech and talking about God and think that they're offering a service to everyone else around them and offering a service to the, the goodness of the world in general. And Jesus has predicted this, you know, 2000 years ago, which is oh, crazy like mental to even think about but i i truly truly feel like this is the time that we're in right now where people will come after us and attack us thinking that they're doing the right thing and not realizing that it's actually because they don't know god and haven't experienced him but i do not want us to get disheartened by these things because he also says you know do not get disheartened by the world for i've already overcome the world you know and so 
all we need to do is be faithful and trust that, you know, God has prepared the way. We just need to partner with him and we need to just be obedient to what he's called us to do, which is to share the message of the gospel around to the people around us and to see the people who are fruit growing on the trees and harvest them and to be there and support them, you know, and encourage them to keep growing and to keep being fruitful. You know, we need to be like fertilizer to these people. God is the the branch and the vine, but we can be the fertilizer and we can be the water for this plant to help them grow even more and to support them and encourage them to keep growing. There is a book called Revelation in the Bible as well, which it was it was a prophecy given to, we believe it is John. It was never fully confirmed who actually wrote the book of Revelation, but we believe it is John. Uh, and it's a prophecy about the end of days. And I just want to bring to you guys um, your attention in Revelation 2, starting from verse 20. I'm just going to read out some verses and I just want them to, to sit in your mind and I want you to process them because, again, I really feel like what we're seeing in this chapter of Revelation is very relatable to what we're seeing in the world right now. So Revelation 2 verse 20. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have already have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. That one who will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my father. So this is a prophecy that they had uh, received in a dream. And this is God talking to the person. And I just really feel like that, that first passage in particular is so such a reflection of what we're seeing right now people are out there and being misled by this Jezebel spirit being misled into sexual immorality and eating of unclean foods and and so that's a symbol of you know you're tainting your flesh because you're dabbling in things that are not cleansed and not pure and not holy and God has given everyone time and time again to repent and they have been unwilling and so he said well that's it you are not going to repent, so I will have to strike you all down because you are not only causing damage to yourself but to all the people around you unless you repent of your ways. And in that case, I will I will spare you. You know, he gives them another chance. You know, he's a faithful, merciful God. And he says that this act, though, will have good because it will show all the churches that he is truly the one that searches hearts and minds and he will repay each of us according to our deeds, which is how he says, you know, if you've done bad, you will be punished. If you've done good, you will be rewarded. And he will search the hearts and minds of each and every one of us and realize which are the churches that have been doing this for pride and fame and glory and which are the churches that have been doing this to honestly share God's message and because they have a heart for people. And it will strike down 
all of the people and all of the churches that have been slaves to sexual immorality, that have been tainting their body with impure things, despite looking fun and happy and like they're living their best life on the outside, deep down, that is not truly um, what is happening within their heart. And God searches hearts and minds, does not look at the outside of our, our body. But, and here's the encouraging part, all of us who hold on to God's teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you. Isn't that incredible? He's saying that all the burdens that you feel right now, I'm not going to impose any other burden on you. You know, all I say is hold on to what you have until I come. I've given you your duty. I've, I've told you to go out there and rescue my people and cultivate that harvest. But I'm not going to give you any other burden to do until I come. That's your only task now. You know, that's the only thing I've ever called you to do. All you have to do is hold on till I come. And the one who is victorious and does my will until the end. So we're not going to give up because it gets hard. We're not going to surrender to to the devil and say, you know what, God, this is too hard. I've followed you now for 35 years and I can't do it. I've followed you now for 60 years and I can't do it. You know, if we um, hold on to his will right until the end. It says, I will give you authority over the nations, that one that will rule them with an iron scepter and you'll dash them to pieces like pottery. So we'll be able to destroy and crumble all of the people who have surrendered their life to Satan instead and have been serving Satan. And I don't view this as in like, we're going to crumble you and, you know, deep down inside you, there was an egg of of good and you know too bad we're going to crumble you no no this is talking about the people who at their heart are truly evil and we're going to crumble them and remove them from this world and all the people who had a heart because like god says he searches hearts and minds he doesn't search outward appearance and if you've been living your life in sin but in your heart you know that this is wrong and you don't want to be living that life anymore he is going to put you in this second category of people you know you've been holding on to his teaching you have not given into satan and satan's secrets of how he rules the world you know and he's saying that you know we will get rid of all the people who are truly deeply evil and the people who have held onto god's will right into the end they will rule over all the other people and they'll help guide them you know um an iron scepter is a symbol of strength and they will lead with strength all the people who are left you know oh it's it's just incredible that this is this is really the time that we are on the cusp of seeing right now. I feel that 2020 truly is a year that it's it's a year of revival and it's a year that so many things will change. It's so funny our church in Sydney at the beginning of the year our pastor got a prophecy and he said, "I feel like God gave me a word for this year and the word is unusual." And at the time we were like, okay, we're doing, we're doing unusual things. We're going to be reaching out to people in unusual ways. You know, that's a pretty cool prophecy. Now it makes sense. You know, 2020 is the year of unusual things. (laughs) I don't know about you, but every month there's something more unusual that gets about this year. Every month, something else gets added onto the plate. Yeah. And God has given our pastors that prophecy he's given me this prophecy a year ago that this is a time of harvest and that cities will be empty and you know animals will be back taking back over the cities because people are not there anymore and it doesn't say in that verse why but i can see now why that has come true and i just wonder all the people out there 
how many of you guys has he also given prophecies to that that you've forgotten about until this very moment that he's actually given you a prophetic word about this time that he he has been putting on your heart this idea of doing things in a different way and not understanding why until now okay this this is a time of harvest don't miss this opportunity like he says don't don't be lazy people take off your silk fineries and put on your funeral clothes and get out there and cry for the lost harvest that's, that no one is out there collecting because that's what's going to happen if none of us actually stand up and do something about this right now. There are people out there who, who need to know God before Jesus comes again. There are people out there who need to know God because it will revolutionize the world. Yeah, those people are going to be the next revolutionaries, but they can't get there unless we help them. They can't get there unless we're willing to partner with God to go out there and get the harvest. Okay, so let's pray together. It says, you know, uh, in Matthew 9 verse 38, asks the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Guys, let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you have predicted exactly what is happening right now across the world everything that's happening and everything that is yet to come this year because we know that this is not over yet god we we grieve and we mourn for all the people out there who do not yet know you who are struggling to live their life apart from you god who have the fruit of the spirit but do not know where that blessing comes from lord I pray you make us your hands and your feet to go out there and reach the people that you help revolutionize the way that we are reaching people and approaching people and sharing your gospel that we will not be held down by chains anymore of fear or shame uh, of sharing the message of you because we should want to shout it from the rooftops God so I pray that you give us bold voices God that you make us your mouthpiece to share your message across the world Lord to reach the people who are the lost harvest to reach the people who are out there wandering and searching for more may we find those lost sheep and may we bring them home to you God But we pray, God, we pray that you send out more workers. We pray that you encourage people to want to outreach and to want to reach those around them, Lord. We pray that we are always thinking of what you're doing next in our lives and in the lives of those around us and seeing and having the discernment and the wisdom to reach out to those people, God, that you are trying to harvest and cultivate and encouraging them to continue growing, God. God, I pray that we are able to surrender our humility and our pride in this time, that we shed off any of our silk fineries, Lord, and we put on those funeral clothes, that we do not care what we look like to the outside world because we are here for a higher purpose, Lord, that we do not care about flashy lights and about who looks the best and and who has the loudest preaching voice, God, that we get back right into the heart of the message, which is you, Lord, that it is the truth and wisdom of your word, God, that will will be the sword that goes between bone and marrow god between spirit and flesh and will hit the hearts of everyone who listens lord thank you god for blessing us thank you god that you've promised that you will not add additional burdens onto us lord that we will just be faithful to you and faithful to your will until the end of days and that you will provide a huge blessing for us lord at the end that we must only be faithful to you and follow your will that there is no additional burden to that god that that is it the only thing that you've ever called us to do and ever will call us to do god 
We thank you that you love us so much. We thank you that you're always there with us, trying to guide us and encourage us to continue on this journey with you, that you don't want us to go this alone, that you are always our shepherd who's shepherding us to shepherd other people, God, because you are the true shepherd, the one shepherd. And if we're ever faltering, if we're ever uncertain, God, that your words will be the lamp beneath our feet, that you will guide our way. You'll lead us beside paths of righteousness and and rivers of living water, Lord, that we'll be able to rest and restore ourselves and we'll be able to persevere on this race that you've called us to, God. So thank you so much for everything you've ever done for us. And we pray that we can only partner with you and humble ourselves enough to partner with you on this journey. Amen. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Um, I really hope that this has encouraged you that God is completely in control, that he knew all this would happen and that there is a bigger purpose to it all, that even though it seems on the outside like everything is going wrong and everything is falling apart, that there is a bigger way that God is using all of this and there is a bigger purpose to it all. And don't get disheartened and fall into earthly sinful ways, you know, just keep running our race and keep enduring. Um, And that's the only thing God ever has wanted for us. So I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.